Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from multiple locations in the San Gabriel Valley of sunny Southern California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead people to Jesus, a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you and opens your heart and inspires you to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Hey, Real Life Church, God bless you. It's Pastor Jim. It's good to be with you again. We are in the middle of a series called Resolutions here at the beginning of the year as we're thinking about what we want 2024 to look like. And as I've said, 2024 may be a year of political tumult and cultural shifting, and we want to be prepared for it. We want to be like trees planted by streams of water that stay green in the desert and bear fruit in every season. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. Uh, there's, a, there's five core values that we need to resolve to instill in our, our weekly schedule and our daily life so as to live thriving lives in years like 2024. And uh, first we looked at living a worshipful life where there is a weekly habit of worship, of Sabbath keeping built into our schedules. And also we live daily lives of thankfulness where from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed at night, we stay attentive to God's presence in our lives, listen to the Spirit, and live in live lives of uh, constant thanksgiving. And the second core value is community, living life in community with other people. And I invited us to join small groups or our new community groups and to take part in membership in the church because we need to do life together. We're not, we're not built to go through this alone. We're built to go through this together. And as we follow Jesus... There are things that emerge from Christian community that would not have otherwise been there. So the first core value was worship, and the second one was community. And this is the great; these are the great commandment. Jesus uh, is asked, what's the most important part of the law? And he says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is worship, and love your neighbor as yourself, which is community. Those are the first two core values. And today I want to come to uh, our thor- third core value uh, and uh, and look at what Jesus has for us next. As part of this preparation for the year, we here at Real Life Church are doing a 21-day fast together leading up through the 28th. If you're just joining in right now, you can dive into a 21-day fast with us to pray for your year, or you can just join us midstream and finish on the 28th with uh, the rest of us. Fasting is abstaining from something that you don't need in order to concentrate on prayer. So some of us are doing what the prophet Daniel did and committing to a vegetarian diet in January. Others are giving up social media or caffeine uh, and things like that. So uh, we're going to fast and pray for a year and begin to put core disciplines into our lives so that we can thrive this year. Hey, pray with me. Jesus, thank you that all of this year is in your hands, that it belongs to you, and that you have authority over it. Thank you that as we go into this year, you go with us, that we're never alone, uh, that we don't have to do this on our own strength. So bless this message, uh, bless our listening to your word, and bless the year to come. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story that I've never told you before. And I have waited to tell this story because it involves international espionage. Uh, And I didn't want to uh, reveal the identity of uh, spies uh, in the world. Uh, And I'm not joking. 
Um, I teach at a little Christian university and I teach classes primarily in philosophy and theology. And I, I like uh, doing that. Uh, and there are students from around the world uh, at this school. They're international students. And um, one of the things I like best about uh, working in this context is that there are um, students who uh, attend the school who come from places where Christianity is a very small voice. Uh, and you don't realize the power of the story of the prodigal son until you watch someone hear it for the first time and get tears in their eyes because it's such a beautiful story. Well, I had a student at this uh, school who came uh, from China and his career goal was to return to China and serve in a government job for the CCP, for the Communist Party in China, which would be a posh uh, government job. Uh, but communism is explicitly atheistic, right? It comes from the ideology of Karl Marx, who said that uh, religion is the opiate of the masses. And he, uh, the governments like the Chinese government are often unfriendly to Christians. If a church gets too big in China, they'll just go in and bulldoze it. Uh, Christians are sometimes persecuted uh, in places like China. So I had this student uh, who was in my class, who, and I knew this was his personal story. Uh, his English was not great, and so I began working with him one-on-one -on -one to get better at English. I began some English tutoring with him. And in the midst of that, I just started talking about my life. And so, of course, I started talking about Jesus. And it wasn't pushy or awkward. I just talked about my life as a pastor, uh, and I talked about our church, uh, and I talked about why Jesus was important in everything that I did. And he saw what I lived for and what I did, and he started asking questions about it, and everything pointed back towards Jesus. So eventually, in the midst of this process, he decided he was going to follow Jesus as well. And we began reading the Bible together and talking about Christianity. And the day came where it was time for him to re return back home. He had finished his education, and he was going to go back home, but his plan was still to serve in the Chinese Communist Party. And I said, you know, communism and Christianity don't really go hand in hand. What are you going to do? And he said, I'll be a spy. And I have this dream that there's a guy right now in the Communist Party in China who's secretly going around and telling people about Jesus. And that is how your pastor planted a spy in Communist China. <laughs> True story. Well, here's, here's part of the exciting news of following Jesus. Jesus calls us to be spies and to plant spies, to make sure that the message of the gospel penetrates throughout the world in every nation and culture. And you get to be a part of this mission should you choose to accept it. Uh, in 20 minutes, this sermon will self-destruct. Let's read uh, from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28. Uh, at verse 16, this is the Great Commission. This is the, the charge with which Jesus leaves his disciples. So our first two core values came from the Great Commandment, worship and community. Our third one comes from the Great Commission. And this core value is, is living a life of outreach, living a life on mission to introduce people to Jesus. Matthew 20, 28 at verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. 11, because Judas has taken his own life after betraying Jesus. And Jesus has now died on the cross after that betrayal, but also uh, arisen from the dead. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. So they see the resurrected Jesus and they worship him. But some doubted. Uh, and isn't it comforting to know that people who saw Jesus risen from the dead in the flesh still struggled with doubt. If you and I struggle with doubt, we're in good company. Then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the first Trinitarian formula in the scriptures, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The first two core disciplines of the Christian life are the great commandment, and the third one is the great commission. Live a life on mission to reach out to the world in Jesus' name. Uh, now, uh, interesting thing about the, the Great Commission, it's three commandments sandwiched by two promises. Uh, the commandments are this, go into all the world. You're not limited to your home, you're not limited to your local neighborhood, you're not limited to your nation. In fact, you should leave behind comfort and security to go to the ends of the earth in Jesus' name. Jesus says those who leave behind their family and their home in Jesus' name to go on mission will be blessed in this life and in the next life uh, will uh, enter into eternity. And uh, so if we walk with Jesus, that's what happens. So go into all the world. Secondly, baptize in the name of Jesus. When we're baptized, we signify that we are washing away our previous life and entering into a new life. If you become a follower of Jesus, one of the first things you should do is be baptized. It's a sign to you and the community that your sins have been washed away and you have been made new. Uh, so baptism is a, a symbol that, uh, that we are made new. And as we go into the world and baptize others, we signify that everyone needs to leave behind a sinful life and walk with Christ. And thirdly, teach them to obey everything I have commanded them. We are not just to be followers of Jesus, we are to be dis disciples. And we're not just to be disciples of Jesus, we are to be disciples who make disciples. We are disciples making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That is the uh, mission, that we go out and make disciples of all nations and teach them to uh, obey Jesus. Now, uh, a, a lot of people will immediately feel uncomfortable with this commandment, even people who love Jesus, because all of us know the aunt who comes to the Thanksgiving dinner table, and she is happy to tell you about Jesus. Uh, as well as all of her latest conspiracy theories. And so you sit there at the dinner table in mixed company, uh, you don't know everybody in the room, and your aunt talks to you in a loud voice about how you need to be washed in the blood of the lamb and what kinds of things they're keeping at uh, Area 51 and about Satan's latest plan to prevent her from finding her eyeglasses so she can read the Bible. Turns out they're on her head. We've all seen the guy with the bullhorn standing on the street corner and the, the sign telling everybody that they're going to go, go to hell. And so when we go to talk to somebody about Jesus, a lot of us feel like I have to explain, first of all, well, it's not like the ant and it's not like the bullhorn guy. It's different than that. And it takes so long to get to uh, the message. Sometimes we're just nervous to get there. What I like about the Great Commission here in Matthew 28 is that the commands, the three commands, are bracketed by two promises. Jesus promises, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and then the three commands, and then he closes it with a promise, I will be with you at every minute to the end of the earth. And the promises anticipate the objections to the commands. The, the first command, go into all the world, uh, and we might um, immediately say, uh, what if something stands in my way? What if there are forces and powers out there that, that will prevent me from, from going? What if, what, if the, uh, what if I live in a communist culture or uh, a Muslim culture or a secular culture? What if I live in a world that will 
that will scorn me for, uh, for naming Jesus? What if my professor will give me a worse grade if I talk about Jesus? What if my employer will fire me for it? Here's the first promise. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus, including authority over things like those, including authority over nations and powers and principalities. There's no challenge you face that God was not prepared for. Um, as you and I uh, go into the world, we remember that we go with the God who, when his people were in the desert with nothing, he was able to rain bread down from heaven to provide for them. It's in the book of Exodus. That even when there's nothing around us, God can bring bread out of the clouds. And that's why Jesus could teach his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We can trust that the things that we need to get through this life are in God's hands because all authority in heaven and on earth belong to Jesus. Now you can say, yeah, but what if people don't like me? Hey, that's the second promise. I'm with you always. And doesn't my opinion matter more than theirs? So go into all the world. Secondly, baptize, that is, convert people. Call people to leave false ideologies and false gods and worship Jesus. Uh, and the objections immediately arise. Uh, the liberal, the modern liberal voice is particularly poisonous here. Uh, how am I to say that my views are right and someone else's are wrong? Isn't that imperialistic? Haven't missionaries done all kinds of cultural damage historically and ruined people groups through making the, the message of Jesus a priority? Shouldn't we respect all cultures and the, the diversity of the world out there instead of imposing our, uh, our imperialistic Western views on people? Listen, let's put this in simple terms. If you witness someone running towards the edge of a cliff, and if they go over that cliff, they're going to die, would you not call out to them, hey, watch out, don't go that way? Or would you say to yourself, I respect that adult's autonomy and their freedom to make decisions for themselves. I'll let them do what they want to. And then just watch them run off the cliff. If you would, what kind of friend are you? What kind of kindness is that? How is that ideologically or ethically right? That's not the right thing to do at all. Because, listen to me, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. The day will come where you and I and everyone else stand in front of him and give an account of our lives. And on that day, I'm going to be able to say, Jesus died for my sins on the cross. I, I received that gift. I am forgiven. Isn't it of critical importance that we make that message known if we love people? The fact that, that Jesus transcends all culture does not mean we're dismissive of culture. It doesn't mean we're insensitive to culture. In fact, we go to great lengths to translate the gospel into every language and culture. And when that happens, the gospel doesn't destroy culture, it enriches it. So the commandment to go and baptize is not imperialistic. It's graceful. You could ask, uh, what if they mock me instead of receiving my message? Hey, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And isn't my opinion more important than the opinions of my cultured despisers? Thirdly, 
teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. Uh, make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And for some of us, the, uh, the objection is immediately, well, I don't, I don't know what I would say. If I have to tell someone the gospel, I think I might go ask ChatGPT to tell me how to say it, because it will say it better than I can. Uh, funny thing about that, uh, Pastor um, Jay Cooper in Austin, Texas, just a few months ago in September, decided that he was going to lead a little worship service at his church, which was written entirely by ChatGPT, entirely by artificial intelligence. He just programmed in the computer, wrote into the computer, give me a church service. And he gave the specifics of he wanted sermons written by uh, artificial intelligence. He wanted prayers written by artificial intelligence. Even the songs that the band sang were written entirely by artificial intelligence. He thought, hey, it'll just be fun to give it a try and see what happens. It's Austin. They do weird things. Well, uh, funny thing. Uh, you could tell that the service was written by a computer because the opening line of the sermon was, uh, good morning uh, slash afternoon slash evening, everyone, and welcome to church name. Uh, it was a, sort of a dead giveaway. Uh, the responses from the congregation afterwards were interesting. It went for everything from someone saying this was of the devil to people saying, you know, it just lacked personal illustrations, and it didn't seem authentic. The congregation generally did not like it, and the church isn't going to do it again. And that's actually an important message for you and I. The world does not need a computer to tell them the message of the gospel. I mean, they can go look it up on Wikipedia if they want to. It's all there. They need you to tell them the message of a gospel, of the gospel, because a computer cannot convey the power of a transformed life. Only you can do that. So go teach them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. And it may not come out perfectly, but if it's you telling your story of encountering Jesus, Jesus will use it. As the, uh, the great uh, poet W.H. Auden uh, said, when you write the gospel, your hand smudges it a little bit but it can still be read. You can still read the gospel, even if you smudge it along the way. Go into all the world. Baptize people who do not know Jesus. Introduce them to Jesus. Teach them to obey everything he's commanded. Because all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus, and he is with you at every moment. This is the Great Commission, and this is the, the third core value that we're going to instill in our lives as followers of Jesus in 2024 so that we can live thriving lives, so that we can live like trees planted by streams of water. You may at the end of the day say, what, yeah, but what if, I, what if I feel like a salesman? What if I seem like a salesman? When I try to, try to talk to people about Jesus, especially at the beginning, when I haven't done it before and I, and I start trying to have conversations about Jesus, what, what if I seem like a salesman? If, if that's your concern, you just need to love more. You just need to dig deeper into God's love. First of all, God's love for you. When you realize how deeply God loves you, when that goes to the heart of everything you are, it will come out in everything that you say. When we live lives of thanksgiving for all that Jesus has done for us, we can't help but have it infuse itself into the culture of every aspect of our lives. 
If you want people to see the intentions of your heart, dig deeper into uh, Jesus' love. Uh, a tree planted by streams of water bears fruit regardless of the desert around it. And the book of Galatians tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love. When we know how much we're loved, we're more likely to love others ourselves. You don't realize how beautiful the love of the Father is until you tell the story of the prodigal son to someone who has not heard it before and you see tears form in their eyes. Uh, one thing that we do here at uh, Real Life Church, which is a, a step into this third core value, is we have in our lobby, we have these things called blessing cards. It's a little index card. And on the back of it, there's a list of eight blanks where we put the list of eight names of people that we want to bless. These are called blessing cards, and we're listing the people that we want to bless. And on there, uh, it has steps to go through. We First of all, we just pray for that person. We try to give good gifts to that person. We try to care for that person when they're in need, and we try to point that person towards Jesus. And if you haven't done that before, take that on uh, this year. I told you when we started this last year in January, I said, if you do this this year, there will be people worshiping next to you on Christmas Eve who weren't even in, uh, in church on last Christmas Eve. And sure enough, two of the people that were on my uh, list, on my card, decided to follow Jesus th uh, this last year, and a third one is reading the Bible for the first time. If you take this commandment seriously, here at the beginning of the year, as we're instilling core disciplines into our lives, as we're praying for the year to come and fasting, if you take one of these blessing cards and begin to pray over eight names, your life will change lives this year. So worship, live in community, uh, and reach someone else in love. Uh, next week, we're going to look at uh, number four. Uh, this year, 2024, may be a year of tension and anxiety. Uh, you may find uh, that around you, you are surrounded with people who are angry and anxious, but you do not have to be like that. Uh, you can uh, be a person who is uh, rooted in Jesus and living the way of Jesus, uh, loving people so much that they say to you, I'm going to go back to my own neighborhood and love the way you have loved me. I'm going to return to the place that I've come, for, come, come from and I will be a spy. I'll go and live a life for Jesus as well. And if you know that your life is making that kind of difference, it will dissipate all anger and anxiety. May it be so with us this year. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for loving us into new life. Thank you for giving us the power to love others. Now send us out into the world to love in your name. Send us out to tell people about you, to baptize them, and to teach them everything you've commanded us. Thank you that you go with us always. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Go be the church. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.